Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today on the show it is part two of the roundup of the year, the TPOE Best of 2019 with Zara Hederman. Part one, TPOE 152, was about the Irish songs and albums of the year. So we recorded it all in one go, but we decided to split it up just because we went so long on that. So coming up, it is the international albums of the year and there was songs of the year as well. But look... I knew what I was doing in about September or October when I said to a band that I was interviewing that, yeah, I've hardly had any problems editing the podcast or recording the podcast or whatever. Ever since I said that, I've had so many problems with it, which included the recorder cutting out without me clocking it during the chat. So maybe there's a slight abrupt end to the conversation but look you get Zara Hederman's song of the year then you're going to get a little bit of the immediate again and then you've got a little two minutes of bonus material right at the end where we picked up our songs of the year conversation just right at the very end there and you know just just keep you listening the last five seconds are worth it it's all worth it for the last five seconds uh I laughed listening back because we recorded it a couple of weeks ago and I kind of forgot about this so uh yeah Zara got me right at the end so you get to hear Zara's favorite song of the year and just so you hear mine it's Vampire Weekend it's This Life which I absolutely love uh it was the sound of the summer for me and I don't know if it's the sound of the winter for me but uh it's easily my most played song of the year I love the band I love the song. So just so you know that, that was my answer to Zara's uh, question towards the end. There are a couple of more episodes of the podcast planned for the rest of the year. So keep on checking your feed over the coming weeks and the start of 2019. There's episodes already in the bag. There's episodes already in the works. So hopefully we're going to stay regular. That's the plan. That we'll keep it regular every Tuesday, TPOE. Oh, and by the way, if you ever want to email the podcast it's the point of everything at gmail.com feel free to uh, email me about whatever that you've heard in the episode that you liked and maybe maybe start you know reading them out or something that would be nice to get a little bit of a dialogue going into uh 2020 so yeah this is part two of the best of 2019 podcast with zara hederman we kind of get straight into it so let's throw it over to me about a month ago Again, I thought it was a really, really great year for albums, but just compiling this list, just uh, keeping track of all of the standalone singles that have come out this year, it's so hard, isn't it? It's mm. like blink and you miss it almost with music at the moment. Yeah, and what I thought was really great as well was the uh, range of great music from pop to hip-hop to rock, indie, um, some of the more exper- experimental stuff as well. Genre um, doesn't matter. yeah I really felt that this year that was really really apparent to me like I wouldn't be the biggest pop fan but I definitely really enjoyed quite a lot of the very big kind of sound of the summer sound of 2019 songs which really surprised me sometimes um like I actually really love Ariana Grande's thank you next ah what a great way to start off so we'll start with albums uh, yeah, I love this. Um, maybe, maybe we'll do it slightly different. Maybe we'll just like run through the list and if we have anything extra that we want to say, we can say it. Why did you love this album? Why do you think well, this one clicked more with you? so the song. Oh, okay, the song. Okay, more okay. so the song, but I was listening to the album again the other night and it is, again, it's very, it's so catchy. 
and it's so easy to listen to it it's quite a long album as well isn't it uh yeah it goes on a little bit yeah. i actually wonder did is that one of those tracks that uh came out uh last year but it's it's only now on an album i think so maybe yeah yeah i think so um but it is it's a very fun album her lyrics are, are very strong as well at times and she is good i suppose at maybe making young girls kind of see relationships in a different way in a more kind of realistic way which i think is important for girls to be uh, to have someone as an example to kind of look out for yourself and be focused on yourself and not be so uh, defined by a boyfriend or a partner or a girlfriend or whatever even though like you know she does obviously write quite a lot about relationships and being in a relationship and as well like well I mean like I, I said to you not jokingly I think she's one of the most important um uh, artists of her generation pop artists whatever kind uh, you want to put on her just because of the eyes that are on her maybe that comes from the whole like awful situation that she just happened to be there um at that Manchester arena bombing but I think I think she's really just every step that she's taken since has been great but she's also fallen victim to this weird thing of standing that's happened to a lot of artists who like not only are you supposed to you know put out music for consumption but you're also supposed to be consumed as well there was a really great article about the the kind of the really in-depth fans that charlie xcx has and uh it sounds like on on the one hand it's never been a better time to be a pop artist just because you can do whatever you want but the way that fans expect you to be like on social media all the time and at their beck and call it's such a it's such a weird thing and i think ariana grande like she she hasn't put a foot wrong really um the the way that she was almost attacked by a certain segment of the internet after mac miller uh her former boyfriend died um was just absolutely awful but i think that she's her stature has just not deviated from what it was and she's written about mac miller on this album it's my number 10 album uh of international album however you you want to say it uh i think it's another really really great album from her and uh just really really accomplished and she just seems like she's never been more sure in her feet uh i, th- I think she's uh i think she's a brilliant pop artist i think she's uh the best and she has something to say as well it might seem throwaway or it might seem bubblegum to a lot of people but i think if you actually stop and read the lyrics genius.com uh like there's, there's a lot to delve into with ariana grande yeah she's brilliant um yeah no my number 10 is megabog um megabog megabog it's a little bit different than ariana grande <laughs> yeah megabog's album uh dolphine um which came out during the summer i believe so it's um erin bergy is megabog um she's just very very um groovy jazz kind of 60s loungy and psych pop uh orientated across this album it's it kind of reminds me of do you, uh, did you see uh james and the giant peach uh, i have memories of it yeah yeah do you remember the spider character in james okay. and the, for some reason that spider just really reminds me or encapsulates Megabog. Uh this album is so fun, it's so vast, it's very expansive and it's just incredible. Um if it's an if she's an artist that you're not familiar with, I would 100% recommend her. Okay, so I'll I'll just run through the rest of mine. Will I and if we have anything yeah. to say, uh Toro Moi, Outer Peace, 
really fun album uh the it's it's one of those he had a couple of tracks that were played on six music and you can see the influence of six music um on on my list i wouldn't be surprised if all of these albums are in their top 20 of the year as well i think it's a brilliant radio station and shout out to marianne hobbs who's my absolute like number one dj of the year uh i think she's been a revelation since she took over from uh lauren laverne in that mid-morning slot i think uh her show is brilliant and uh she makes my day complete i think she's just got such a lovely reassuring voice you just feel better after just hearing her mm. and just like the little asides that she has with music um I, I love the fact that she loves it so much so i really like uh tori ma for its kind of dance vibes rosalia elmar carer is number eight for me um i i put this album on when uh i'm kind of hang out with friends and i don't really know what everybody is into and it's just a really great album to have on in the background sort of thing but all the hand clapping does eventually get to everybody at some point and everyone is like what is this album it's really really fun and it's just a great album to clap along with and she is going to be a superstar she's uh like it's all spanish it's all flamenco okay um but yeah she is going to be um huge uh in the coming decade uh loyal carner not waving but drowning is my number seven i love his delivery i love his vocal style i think he's uh he carries himself really well he seems like a really nice guy this album is kind of a very personal album for him i think it's kind of about his um his mother and uh it's just a really really nice album with a couple of absolutely killer tunes squirreled away in there as well aldous harding designer i'm guessing this is on your list it is on my list yeah i love aldous harding she's so distinctive um i i really like the fact that this isn't higher for me is that i really love the first half of the album but i think Mm. the second half is a little bit not throwaway but it doesn't it nothing really stands out there are times i i know what you mean there are times at the on the second half of the album where the arrangements kind of lose the run of themselves maybe sometimes and they really jar against the the buoyancy of say like um fixture picture or designer it is a very contrasted album in that regard um but i yeah i have listened to this album so much i have it on in work all the time and this was the first of her albums that i actually really connected with um this is her third one, I think. I think um, so, yeah. Her other two albums, I actually haven't really still been able to get fully into. I love her voice on this. I love her songwriting. Um, and I actually I watched um, the other night a Pitchfork have a series on their like YouTube, which is they get artists to talk about a song that they wish they had have written. And she was on talking about um, Paul McCartney's single Pigeon and just the way she spoke about music and articulated how the song made her feel and just the the sounds of the song and the style was so mesmerizing oh, wow. she has such an incredible grasp and vernacular in talking about music so in that regard it's like it's very evident that she is so deep in what she does and is such a fanatic about what she does and that really I think comes across in the mastery of this album. Aldous Harding is actually like sadly it was one of the my least favorite 
live moments of the year i saw her at primavera and it was just bad scheduling she was scheduled for like late on the uh saturday night and i don't think it worked but also it just sounds different live than it does on record um i think her vocals kind of sound a little bit different and like i don't like the when she was on jules holland i think she did jules holland i think that's the main clip that i can remember or just her live stuff uh it, it doesn't do it for me like the album does i love i love so much about this album but live uh it's not some it like i didn't even think about going to see her at vicar street just because i was like i'm not you know i'm just happy having the album mm. sometimes that that's enough yeah uh will i continue yeah um, go for it uh big thief i couldn't really decide between them so i have them grouped together as ufof and two hands because they are are almost like two albums of the same um you mentioned them earlier on Mm. in the podcast was there was there something else you wanted to say well what you were saying was ufof is kind of like some older stuff that adrian lenker had on her on her solo albums yeah i really liked uh big thief's earlier stuff um and i thought they were a great band i loved the um the vibrancy of their music, the energy of it. I loved her vocals. But something just kind of shifted with me and Big Thief this year and I've massively fallen out of love with them. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought that this... I, I don't know how you can resist either of these albums. There are moments, absolutely, on both of them that I was really uh, enamoured by. Like some of the sonic effects, especially in UFOF, I think it's so cool and there's some weird moments where some of the songs reminded me even of like charlotte gainsburg and the kind of very um lush uh, arrangements but i saw them live in vicar street back in may and that was kind of the beginning of the end for me oh that was one of my gigs of the year oh, oh i thought it was stunning what mm. didn't you like about them live i just thought they were very cold i didn't really think that there was a good um, rapport between the band and I th- thought they seemed kind of um, disjointed. Yeah, I the, the live, kind of like what you were saying with Aldous Harding, the live versions just didn't really yeah. do so much for me. And sometimes some of the songs just felt a bit samey and it was maybe one of the first times that I really noticed it because I felt... Like, I kind of struggled to be like, which album is this from again? Is this an old song? Is this a new song? It all just sounded very much the same to me. But in saying that, there are moments scattered across the two that I do think are really, really great. But these albums, maybe it'll take another few listens or another bit of time to kind of connect with them. But yeah. Huh. It's it's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know how you can resist. I think she's um songwriter par excellence at the moment. Uh, I think musically whether it's a slow acoustic number or it's a full-on uh, hit like um, Not Off Two Hands. Uh, I, I, I think they're just hitting uh, everything just perfectly at the moment. I'm, I, like, I've, I would call them the biggest indie band in the world right now just because I saw them in Vicar Street um, and I thought it was amazing and I was curious to see whether they could actually do it on a big stage. I saw them at Primavera then the next week. I didn't watch the full set, um, but uh yeah the it was the second stage but it's pretty much the same size and crowd as the as the main stage at primavera um and they were absolutely brilliant um so i think i think the sky is the limit for them uh four is for me is james blake assume form 
which came out i think it was a surprise release at the start of the year but it's uh it's a really lovely listen um what's nice about it is that it's basically a love album so i don't know if like people who are single would relate to it as much as like I, I just think it's such a lovely listen um and it's so nice to hear him sound so happy and there's enough interesting things going on uh to keep like the music fans that he's had from the start of this decade happy as well and rosalia is on the album as well which is probably my favorite track and then my top three are vampire weekend father of the bride maggie rogers heard it in a past life and bonnie ver i i what i love about vampire weekend and bonnie ver is that i thought i didn't love them i thought i had fallen out with both of them and i thought it was kind of finished with them that you know i had seen everything that they could do I can pinpoint the exact moment when uh, it changed for me with Vampire Weekend and it was just chatting with a friend who really, really loved them and I was like, okay, I'll give Father of the Bride another go. It's a long album. I think it's like 18 tracks. It's a double album um, and it's quite shaggy in places, you know, like there's tracks that you could easily cut or there's tracks you're just not in the mood for on a given day. But um, I, ju- I just think uh, they've they've really made something uh, interesting and special. Um Maggie. I think Shaggy is a great word actually to describe that yeah, album. Yeah. yeah, it really it, is. It does kind of feel like a like a playlist yeah. or something, you know, which is maybe the best kind of album that you can do in uh 2019 in the Spotify era. Mm. It's an album that, you know, it it's none of their preppy A-punk type of sound anymore. This is um a big band and that would also be one of my gigs of the year seeing them finally live my first time seeing them and their first irish show in years and years and years uh at trinity college um at the summer series uh in the middle of the summer and yeah they were brilliant maggie rogers uh you mentioned pop earlier i think she's made the best pop album of the year heard it in a past life it came out right at the start of the year and i was like um the circa richardson thing earlier i was like i can't wait for it to be summer so that this can soundtrack my summer and uh it definitely has i think it's brilliant i think it's just a bundle of fun and um yeah really really love it and bonnie bear i i is his best album since his debut forever forever ago which came out forever ago and uh I, i think it's a perfect amalgamation of the journey that he's been on it's got all of the weird like gloopy stuff that he really really likes but it's also got that voice and even though it's um affected in a lot of ways something that i i kind of wish he would stop using it's really well utilized here i think uh it's an absolutely brilliant album uh there's so much going on like uh, i i invested in a good pair of headphones this year and so listening to that album it sounds like you know you can see the acoustic guitar is over there on your left you can hear like someone shouting you know kind of almost behind you sort of thing and like it sounds like there was a lot of work um both personally and musically the bonnie bear had to go through with this album and uh the it, it stands tall uh for what he's achieved um it's been some run i wouldn't be surprised if this is the last we hear from bonnie bear for a while i don't know is he gonna gonna be exhausted or something from it but uh yeah i'm delighted that i, I did go back to vampire weekend and bonnie bear and maybe with you you know big thief will come back to you eventually and you'll be like I, I get it now you know? mm, yeah maybe hopefully and I think you're dead right about the um the Bonnie Bear thing of this could be the last we hear from him for a while because he did say something about how II rounded off the um the seasons or in oh yeah in yeah. that he is I I sp- winter winter autumn winter yeah, yeah. 
It was an album that just felt a bit bleh for me. Yeah. Kind of just like bled a bit too much into itself. And I just felt it was a kind of regurgitated in terms of like very similar motifs and tropes and sounds and combinations of of the compositions. So it didn't thrill me in the way, say, that uh, Forever or For Emma Forever Ago did. Um, I actually really, really like that album. And um, the, his this second album, Bonnie Vare, they would be my kind of two favorites. You don't like the gloopy bits? You don't like the weird <sighs> stuff that's going on, the twiddly? Yeah, which is weird because I absolutely love weird, gloopy, glitchy things going on in music. Um as is the case with, say, like a ho- the Holly Herndon album Proto that came out this year. Well, that's on your top ten. Do you want to run through the rest of them? It's not on my top ten. Oh. No. Oh, I thought that was going to be a nice segue. <laughs> Sorry, there, no. How, okay. Do you, uh, want, do you want to still run through it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my so Megabog was number ten. Um, Stephen Malcolm's album Groove Tonight. That's my number nine. That's uh, I guess it's not surprising because I know that you love Stephen Malcolm's. Um, but like. I, I don't know is it is it not a bit throwaway or something because it's kind of like his go at an electronic album basically yeah the album was in the making for about 10 years um he was just um messing away on an ableton that he had and writing songs that were very different to what he is known for say with pavement or with the jicks and this is very like crouch industrial very disco-y and dancey and electronic kind of a lot of stuff that you would never really expect to hear from him um but they just really work very well I find because there are times in the album where he, he does come through in a way that you're familiar with his music um it's a very fun album it's an amazing album to go walking to. I would say I listen to this most when I'm walking into work. So for that way, they're really, really impactful. And um, there's some really great beats on it. Um, and I saw him playing live in Whelan's recently. He was doing this album and it, everything just sounded great. Like it was really, really fun. My number eight is Bill Callahan, his album Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest. This album, again, was a really long one. He did that thing of releasing it in Drips and Drabs, where they came out in... He had three EPs beforehand, which each had four songs on it. And then the fourth EP just was the entire album as a whole. So I was familiar with three quarters of this album before it came out. Um, The lyrics are tinged with like a lot of grief. His mom died... um, while he was making it he became a father he married his wife so there's a lot of domestic scenes across the lyrics and he just does so with great humor it's a very funny album his voice again it's so distinct and it's so deep and you can't help but just hang on every word that he says so that's an amazing album um my number seven is tom york's anima this was a nice kind of surprise release. Um, a good headphone album. Great headphone album. It's just so dynamic, so infectious. But then you also get those kind of more sedate moments with Dawn Chorus, which of course is a song that's kind of been in in the ether for quite a long time. And he d- like treats it so, so well. Um, I just thought that was a really brilliant, really beautiful album. 
Um, my number six is Wise Blood, Titanic Rising. Uh, it's an album that didn't click with me like I thought it would. A mm. lot of the time, these albums that are really acclaimed almost from the off, I I think like I'll get it eventually. But with this, I, was, I, I just, um, I don't know, I just did, didn't really work for me. Why, why do you mm. love it so much? I loved it so much because... Um, I would be a big fan of um, the 70s. Um, I love George Harrison's solo music and I love, say, Karen Carpenter and the Carpenters. And a lot of this album encapsulates that very um, golden, warm California tones across the arrangements. Her vocals are absolutely stunning. Um, I saw her live as well and it's just mind-blowing how great her vocals sound. Um I think there's a great um, flow to the album. A lot of the songs, I was guilty of just repeating them constantly. I think I maybe listened to the song Andromeda for an hour straight one day. Like, I just loved it. I loved the different production things she did on it. It was produced with Jonathan Rado from Foxygen. He's kind of become a bit more of a producer now. Um, And they developed a kind of tape recording machine um based on one that Robert Fripp from King Crimson had made and I just thought that that was a really nice element it added some really cool textures to the to an album that's otherwise very clean in its sound and very polished and very classical um so yeah I really loved that my number five was Aldous Harding's designer uh four it was Jessica Pratt Quiet Signs um, really short album 27 minutes long it's very minimal it's maybe her a piano or it's her and a guitar but her voice is just it's like milk with froth on top <laughs> because it has that smoothness but there is still a bit of a rasp to it that gives it such an amazing character one of the songs from the closing song from that album airplane is one of my favorite songs i think of maybe all time um i saw her live recently and the songs were just phenomenal she's amazing um three was deer hunter why hasn't everything disappeared yet um i've been a really big fan of deer hunter for a while i think bradford cox is such an interesting songwriter and person in general um he's very funny he's very warm he's incredibly endearing and that all comes across in the music this album was for me quite different to the rest i thought the contributions from kate lebon who was a co-producer on it i thought she worked really well with their sound and brought something very fresh um tim presley as well who is a collaborator of kate's um he features on it and it's just it's very jaunty it's kind of got um some real classical moments where you feel like you're in Marie Antoinette's house having a party like <laughs> in a weird way so I loved that um my number two album then is Kate Laban Reward that album is just great um she's one of my favorite just even beyond musician or artist she's one of my favorite people I think of all time she's so so interesting she's so cool I love her voice I love that she is very proud and sticks with her Welsh accent because that really adds another texture to and dynamic to the songs I think she's a great songwriter um actually my fate my song of the year is from that album 
so yeah I just think it's really fun there's a lot of diversity across the album too so your attention is held really well um and then my number one album is Purple Mountains oh by David Berman yeah David Berman yeah uh this was an album that we were talking about um last night just a couple of friends just asking them what their album of the year was it's uh it's so sad though Mm. it's a tough listen now isn't it very very sad and a very tough listen but at the same time even though it's was written and inspired by very difficult uh periods of david berman's life he still in his classic david berman way was very funny about it he's quite wry um in a way that makes you uncomfortable sometimes where you're you find yourself laughing at his wit but then you have to re- stop yourself because you're like very bad because I'm laughing at someone who was talking about a very difficult period that they're going through um but that's just the excellence of his songwriting um he also had Woods playing with them on this album they provided all the um the arrangements and that partnership worked really well um yeah it's just it's such a striking album it's really beautiful it's so well made um and it's so sad that when he it was so sad when he passed away um I listened to an interview he did with um Vish Khanna on creative control and it's one of the most devastating interviews I've ever listened to you you can hear it all in, in that interview like uh it's really sad mm. it's just all really sad yeah i remember i was listening to it for the first time going for a run near my house which was <laughs> a terrible idea because there's a song on it um i loved being my mother's son and it just made me stop and i had a little cry in the park like because it's just it's so honest and it, it's so open and yeah no it's just a very um affecting and powerful um album I, I don't think I've listened to Purple Mountain since uh, he tragically passed just mm. because I, I do think it's it's almost like the Nick Cave thing. I haven't listened to Ghostine mm. yet just because I, I don't know if I'd actually be able to handle it. Yeah. I'm kind of like uh, happier reveling in the likes of Maggie Rogers or something rather than kind of dwelling on the really sad parts. Mm. Again, it's kind of like I, I don't know when's the right time to listen to it. Mm. And can you actually just have it as backing music? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think what's really great about that album and a lot of albums that came out this year is just how how an artist can articulate very universal feelings and how they can maybe make sense of a feeling or something that the listener has experienced but maybe can't put into words themselves. And I feel that Purple Mountain's did that so well across the board on that album um so for that reason I think it's such an important piece of work because I'm sure it's one that will help a lot of people and really resonate with a lot of people and I think if music can kind of have that effect it's you know that's I think essentially what it's what it's born from and what its purpose is once it clicks like there's no better feeling yeah exactly um so what's your your favorite track is kate laban kate laban and not only is it my favorite track um it is my favorite i think song title of the recent times it's called sad nudes (laughs) (laughs) very good just quite liked that thought it was quite funny um yeah it's a great song um i've listened to it millions of times and yeah i would it's one i would love to see um live as well (laughs) 
I suppose no uh, end of year review for 2019 would be complete without a mention to um, the legend that is Lil Nas X. Um, Old Town Road, absolute tune. Um, I could listen to that song day in, day out and not get sick of it. I haven't gotten sick of it. I just think it's really fun. Um, is I it like good though? Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. It's I still haven't heard song. it. I, I think I've said that a couple of times on the podcast over the course of the year. Uh, but it's so easy to just be in a cultural bubble and miss out on things. You just don't click the link and you don't <laughs> see it. You don't come across it. You know? Uh, so I yeah, still, still haven't heard it. Um, yeah. So sorry, but it's one of your favorites of the year. I really, uh, yeah, I loved the just the throwaway kind of fun to it and the video of him with the kids in the school. Don't know what you're talking about. I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> um, also, maybe one other track that you've got to mention when you're talking about songs of the year is Lizzo Juice, which came out right at the start of the year. Like, I think it was January 4th it came out and it felt like a big song instantly. I was hooked, but I was really surprised when I heard it on daytime radio, um, just because I thought it might be a little bit weird. But uh, it's absolutely dominated the airwaves, and Lizzo's rise has been one of the stories of the year. I don't think anybody could have predicted that she it, it would just be stratospheric over the past 12 months, um, that she could play the three arena rather than be stuck in the uh, Olympia mm. like she was in the middle of November. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how... How big she's going to go, but it's going to continue for a long time yet. But uh, yeah, as you can hear, since we've been talking for so long, it's been a great year for music. Yeah, uh, it's been a really, really great year, a great decade as well. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Mill, for the chat, Sarah. Um, thanks for having me. I'm gonna go back and listen to all of the recommendations from you that you've uh, given me over the of the past hour or so. Likewise, you've definitely enlightened me, and I will go back to. Um big thief again maybe um and i will reconsider but i'm very staunch on that but i can't wait to come back in 2020 and talk about what comes out in 2020 fontaine's dc's new album (laughs) can't wait